Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, August 27th, 2019, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter We Agnostics on page 50. The third paragraph we'll be reading on one proposition, however, starts with that and only one paragraph, and we'll comment just on that. The reference number for yesterday was Monday, August 26, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 13,319, that's 13319, and for the 10 o'clock meeting yesterday, Eastern Time, 13,321, that's 13321. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who do shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And now I'm going to ask Rocky E., to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Penny. Do you hear me? I do. Good morning, Rocky. Lovely. Good morning, visionaries. Rocky E., compulsive overeater from New York. Uh, The 12 steps. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we are powerless over food that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, We try to carry this message to overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Rocky. 
And now I'm going to ask Chris G. to please read the 12 traditions for us. Chris G. Gosh, I just realized that she did not check Hi. in. Hello, this is Chris G. Sorry oh, about that. Chris, go ahead. How are you? Chris G. in Connecticut, and these are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to its uh, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you, Chris G. And now this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 again to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 50 in the chapter We Agnostics, and we're reading the third full paragraph there that starts with, On One Proposition, However... And I'm going to ask Lisa H. 
to read and share on that paragraph. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Penny. This is Lisa H., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. On one proposition, however, these men and women are strikingly agreed. Every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. This power has, in each case, accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. As a celebrated American statesman put it, let's look at the record. Um, Thank you um, for letting me share this morning. Um, There's, wow, a lot here, but, but a couple of things that stand out for me, let's look at the record. And I'll tell you one of the big reasons that I'm so drawn to this meeting in particular Um, is because there are so many men and women on this line um, who have done just just this, gained access to and believe in a power greater than themselves, and the miraculous has been accomplished. You know, you can listen to to any of these meetings recorded. You can listen to special editions, and we hear about how this power – um, whatever, whatever you may call it, has accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. Because don't you know, for decades, I tried. I tried to do this and that, thinking that I could control it. Um, so how, how have all these people, how have we all that are recovered, um, how have we accessed this power? Have we, you know, many of us had a concept of it, but for me, um, and I should say for many of us, we had to put down our alcoholic binge foods. You know, that was but a beginning. And then find someone in whom the problem had been solved and work these steps. Um, it seemed to me as I continued to work these steps, um, this concept of a, of a power for me um, got stronger, got more accessible. Um, I was able to, you know, finally, um, when I was, became neutral around the food, I was thinking this power took away my mental obsession. Um, and and it, again, I say this all the time, but it was like I woke up. Um, it was like I was seeing so many things new. I, I truly had to set aside what I think I knew um, for an open mind and a new experience because I've had so many new experiences with this power um, that there's no, there, there's no other, there's no, there's no human power that could, um, could take away this uh, obsession with food that I had. Um, so I'm so grateful, you know, this P is, is with a capital P. And so, um, you know, whatever that is, if we're seeking, um, God's going to make, make it easy to find, to find him. I say all the time that, that my higher power is as close as my breath. And if I continue throughout the day, to be in contact with that higher power, um, I'm going to live a, in a lot more peace and serenity. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Lisa H. All right, and so now the suggestion is that if you've shared in the last day or two on the recorded meeting that you allow other people to be heard. So anyone who um, has not shared in the last day or two, who would like to share, please give me your names. Charles H. Katie G. from Boston. This is Mary Okay, I have Charles and Katie. Barbara E. Larry J. Kim G. from South Jersey. Harlan G. 
Barbara. Barbara. Yeah, thank Who's you. from South Jersey? Kim G. Oh, Lisa. Kim. All right. And here's who I have. Lisa H., Charles, Katie, Barbara, Kim, Larry, and Holland. That's, um, that's a good lineup for starting. Thank you so much. So go ahead, Charles H. Charles, Thank you very much. I thought you said Lisa first, but that's fine. Um, Charles H., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. So the human impossible, um, and it's done miraculous things. Uh, the second step threatens, and, and, and I think last week I shared about those eight words. I'm going to give you a few of them today. It threatens my antipathy. It threatens my antagonism. It threatens my block. It threatens my 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 um my conceptions, right? Because I cannot deny, and we're going to hear about that certain attitude. It threatens a newcomer that thinks that um food and weight is a problem. It threatens that conception, you know. And tomorrow we're going to talk about that certain attitude. And you know what? I'm gonna keep it uh, funky. This is definitely not a religious program. It's definitely not an atheist program. It's not just a spiritual program, too. It's a spiritual program of action. It is. Because if I just, because you know what? I could be as recovered as I want. If I just sit there, I'm going to get hit. And and the miracles are going to stop happening. Yesterday was a day from hell, and guess what? I had this spiritual program of action to hold on to. No antipathy, no fitness. This, this takes up, you know what? This threatens this attitude threatens Overeaters Anonymous because this is not a, a, an attitude that's taken in OA. I ain't taking shots. It's real. Let's look at the record. What does the text say? Let's look at the record. Those thousands of people, if you have a fourth edition, you know, can say that the miraculous has happened one day at a time. And with that, I'm going to leave some, some time on the clock. Peace. Thanks, Charles. And now we're going to have Katie G. from Boston. <clears throat> Good morning, Penny. Good morning, my fellows. <clears throat> Katie G. recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. Um, I don't recognize my life today. Um, I don't suffer from anorexia and bulimia. I will always be a recovered, well, I will always be an anorexic and bulimic. That will always be inside me. Right, and God willing, for today, I am definitely, this morning, a recovered anorexic and bulimic, which means that my body weight, um, my ability to go to the bathroom, drink excessive water, um, I, am, I am not, those aren't my solutions anymore. But even bigger is the fact that I have access, and the only reason I have access to this God since a relapse in October of 2015 after doing the steps again I, I've gotten access through the steps right and as a result this woman who I shared with a friend yesterday I fundamentally do not have people skills I had a I made an amend in my first go-round 10 years ago and the woman was like KG you have a lot of um you have a lot of goals but no people skills and guess what she was right 
Well, guess what, my friends? On Sunday, this recovered woman who has no people skills called her mother. The woman that, in my humble opinion, before I did the steps, put me here. And it was still her fault until three years ago when a recovered woman said to me, you do not get to continue to blame your mother for your own insecurities as an adult. Holy smokes. I am not a victim of my life. And I was able to call my mother and have an adult excuse me, have the hiccups, have an adult conversation with her and I wasn't looking for mommy to take care of me. I was just having a pleasant conversation. And when things that were when things were said that might have been a bit off the mark, I chuckled and, and brushed it off. Who is that? How could I have done that if not God? Right. And how could I have done that? But, you know, be in a, in a marriage with someone where, you know, I, I continue to want to work on my relationship with God so I can serve. That is miraculous that I have changed from a woman who woke up in the morning and my first thought was me. How am I going to get my needs met? How am I going to manipulate you, which I like to call people pleasing, which does not exist because who's pleased, right? I'm looking to please me. And, and spend my entire day looking to please me and then running my life into the ground as an anorexic and bulimic. I don't do that anymore. But it is not free. As I am taught on this line, freedom is not free. I am paddling and I am joyous today just because, just because the sun is out and I am not suffering anymore. Please, God, help me work this program like my life depends on it even more today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Barbara E., it's your turn. Good morning, everyone. Wow, good shares. Before taking step two, I had to first take step one and admit to myself that I am a compulsive overeater and I would never be able to stay stopped on my own. My soul was starving while I constantly went back to stuffing myself with food always forgetting what the consequences were going to be. I needed a power that was not me. So when I came to be willing and ready, I actually called my higher power, not me. In step two, I came to believe that the promises offered me that were based on the condition I do all the steps, at first only in my head and then finally in my heart that I could stop veering off course and choose a different lane. When I walked into OA, I was desperate. I was spiritually dead, but at first unwilling to think I needed spiritual help. So I embodied all the bedevilments, but I finally admitted to myself that I needed this help. And all step two asked me to do was change everything I'd been doing for the first 50 years of my life. No problem. Instead of picking up the food, I had to humbly bend down and pick up the spiritual toolkit. My wall of ego and skepticism had kept me isolated and cut off from the world. On page 47, it said, am I willing to believe? And I chose to believe and to practice letting go every day, to listen to not me and do the next right thing. I found, I found I could not think my way into right acting. I had to act my way into right thinking. 
I had to humble myself and stop analyzing, but start utilizing the steps. Page 50 says, a revolutionary change in my thinking. Before I had justified, rationalized, lied, I was filled with negative thoughts, filled with shame. But by letting go, I started to listen for not me, kind, gentle, loving words. I started to see I was being carried because I truly surrendered. I've made a choice. My light could be turned on or I could stay in darkness. I chose light. I had to inhale faith and exhale fear. I had to inhale love and exhale hate. I had to inhale joy and exhale sadness. The principle of step two is hope. I believed it, I visualized it, and I lived it. It could be the solution to all my problems. All I had to do was trust. If I kept believing the same, I would remain the same. I did not want to remain the same. I wanted to be changed. I pass. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Barbara E. And now, Kim G. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Penny. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. And I'm in recovered since January 2011. And I love this line. Every one of them has gained access to a power. You know, this to me is why this chapter, which is entitled We Agnostics, which is step two, is so important to believers. Because whatever my faith was, I couldn't stop eating. So the, the question was, I needed to get access to that power, whatever my belief system was. So the simple way I look at this is steps one through nine that's unblocked, and steps 10, 11, and 12 keep us unblocked. And I have a lot of conversations with people that really mimic my own experience that I've had in LA for over 25 years. It was important for me to understand once I picked up, I was blocked. Therefore, I had to go back to step one. I see people who are still eating trying to do the steps frustrated why they're not getting the effect of the steps. And it's simply because if you're getting the effect from the food, you can't get the effect from the steps. I see people that pick up after they've been through the steps and been unblocked, but they think they can just go back to being in 10, 11, and 12 and continue to sponsor. But the fact is once you're blocked, you have to get unblocked by going back through steps one through nine. I see people using their steps like a twister board like I did. Right hand red, left hand blue, I'll do a little bit of six, maybe some two. It's so important that we understand and what was explained to me that I have to do these steps in order and abstinence and I started to have a different experience. You know, so for myself, after 17 years in OA, what happens is I'm in a five-year relapse and I start to hear a different message. I start to hear this big message. And my arrogant response was like, listen, I was the effing intergroup chair. I was on the region board. You can't tell me anything about OA in these steps. And I have to tell you, these steps don't work for me. I've done them a million times. And the person said to me, how arrogant are you? These steps don't work for comfort leaders, alcoholics, drug addicts. You think you're so gosh darn special they're not going to work for you? Maybe you're not following the direction. And when I was humbled, I realized that was true, and I had to get 100% abstinent. I had to work through these steps, and I got unblocked. I had a different experience. But I also want to share an experience, or any of this with a sponsee, who got through an unblock. We go through actually the same exact spiritual practice as she relapsed. 
and we'd talk about it. And what we saw was she was getting so much out of spiritual practice that she stopped doing the steps. And because she stopped doing the steps, she got blocked again. So the spiritual practice, which she got so much out of, she couldn't get access to it anymore. So what I have to realize is as an addict, as an alcoholic brain, that these steps have to be the skeleton, which gives me access to a power, which gives me access to these other spiritual practices. And with that, I pass Thank you, Kim G. And next we have, is it Jerry? No, it's Larry. <laughs> Larry K. Larry. Hey, hey, Penny. Good morning. I didn't know I was up. Thanks so much for your uh, for your service. Larry K. Recovered from Chicago. Um, the um, this power it says, has in each case accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. You know, um, by definition, a miracle is considered to be the work of a divine agency. And the miraculous is not accomplished by me because I'm human. The miraculous is not accomplished by my sponsor. He or she is human. For me, there, there, there was nothing particularly miraculous about being on a diet, <laughs> you know, I mean, where does restricting intersect with the divine? Actually, the only thing that the big book identifies as accomplishing the miraculous is this power, is access to this power greater than me. And page 77 has a crucial sentence for me, for my consideration. It says, we had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or else God is a big zero, a big nothing. God either is or God isn't. And for me, if this choice disturbs me, which it did, well, perhaps I needed to find a a voice, find a vocabulary that focuses on what I can believe in rather than what I do not believe in. Because I was very clear on what I do not believe in, and there was a lot of verbal sparring and internal debate on precisely what I do not believe in as I miserably dieted and miserably and, and, you know, just frustrated more and more of the dieting, I needed a new empowering question. Here was the question, what could I believe in regarding a higher power if I allowed myself to do so? What could I believe in? I mean, previous to that, the question always that I posed to myself was, you know, do you now believe, Larry? No, frankly, no, I don't. Have you come to believe yet? No. Okay, so I had to find another starting point, and questions are empowering. What could I believe in if I gave myself permission to do so? And here's why that's critical. See, once, we, once I move from defending my red line to simply being open to a new possibility, my approach to the steps changed. That was why it was critical. You know, when my internal war with step two ended, I'll tell you when it ended. It ended when I put the gun down and I put the protective shield down because the gun wasn't keeping me safe and the protective shield wasn't keeping me safe. And once I stopped fighting, the step work enabled me to gain access to the higher power. The the work that I did so often that it wasn't working and it wasn't working and it wasn't working began to work because I laid my gun down. And for me, I didn't have to play pretend anymore. I didn't have to avoid people, places, and things and and avert my gaze from the fast food places 
and hold my nose when I'm going by the hostess rack. But wrapping up, Penny, here's the thing. I was always on a slippery slope. It wasn't if I was going to pick up. It was really a matter of when I was going to pick up. It wasn't if I was going to lash out at you. It was really a matter of when. I needed a change, and I had to be open to the change first. Then the step work began to unfold. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry Kay. And next we have Harlan G. Thank you, Penny. I'm Harlan G. I'm a, reco- I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I almost said a recovering Cubs fan, but I didn't want to do that. Anyway, <laughs> this paragraph is particularly poignant because for me, I had to exhaust any ideas about self-will, self-care, self-anything. Here's a conclusion that I had to come to, and this conclusion that I had to come to came at great difficulty to my ego. This is the conclusion. There is no earthly explanation as to why I ate the way I ate. The explanation is I am a compulsive overeater. There is no why. There is no when. There is no who, what, or where. I am a compulsive overeater, and that fact does not have an earthly explanation. Here is another conclusion that I had to come to. There is no earthly solution to the problem. There is nothing that is of this earth that is going to solve my problem. There is nothing that is of this earth that is going to give me relief from the intenable pain of not eating. At the end of chapter 3 on page 43, it says, Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink, except in a few rare cases, which I am not one of them, Neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. And here's the key for me. His defense must come from a higher power. So for me, whether I liked it, whether I didn't like it, whether I could understand it or not, I must embrace this idea. I have to work the steps. And the steps will produce, as a result, a spiritual awakening, and through the spiritual awakening, I will find it possible not to compulsively overeat today. Alfred E. Smith ran for president against Roosevelt, and one of his big expressions was, let's look at the record. Let's look at the record. Every diet I went on failed. Every attempt I made to to make a life for myself failed. I wanted to die much more fervently, much more passionately than I wanted to live. And through action after action after action after action, which I took out of desperation because I saw it working in other people, I started to believe, and I did not believe because I needed to believe. I did not believe because I wanted to believe. I believed because I took action. And that action produced the faith rather than the other way around. And for the only time in my life through these actions, I want to live more than I want to die. And I have refrained from compulsive overeating, which is a miracle, 
for over 20 years, and I have done so happily. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Holland G. And let me remind everybody now, before I take more names, that we are on page 50, the third paragraph in the chapter, We Agnostics. The paragraph begins with, on one proposition, however. So who else would like to share? Nessa R. I have Nessa. Who else? Kelly. Kelly S. Kelly? Yes, Kelly S. Kelly S. Who else? Lynn S. Lynn S. M. Leah M. Leah. All right, let's go with those four. Uh, We have Nessa R., Kelly S., Lynn S., and Leah M. Good morning, Nessa. Hi. Good morning, vision for you. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So um, I learned early on, and um, in a way, I've been here 16 and a half years, and I learned early on, um, not knowing what my problem really was, that the solution was God, and I was told to pray and meditate. And um, so I had the conviction that just by identifying the solution, I had the solution. And uh, I prayed and meditated, um, not really knowing truly how to pray and meditate, asking God to make me thin, you know, to make me not want to eat, you know, so much, to be able to eat everything in moderation, you know, and all those things that people pray for. And that, that didn't work. And that didn't work. And it was always why, you know, it's like, you know, if I have a flat tire and identify that the solution is to call CAA, that doesn't instantaneously magically fix my tire. You know, I still have to make the phone call and give all the information and give my card number and make sure that I have a, a spare tire and I have the the tools and, you know, wait till they come and et cetera, et cetera. You know, and then I can get my my my, uh, my tired fixed. Uh, and it's the same thing with program. I identify uh, that my solution is God, but that doesn't give me access to God. Um, you know, as I said before, I have so many blockages, so many blockages. First of which is the food. You know, because food is an alternate higher power, and God is not going to compete with any alternate higher power. So I gotta get rid of that. And when I get rid of that, I have other blockages which are within my myself you know my my own worldly clamors my little plans and designs my selfishness or centeredness um i gotta get rid of those and so not knowingly i was going to step two identifying the solution to step 11 which is actual access to the solution actual access to that higher power and so what happened um to steps three to ten you know they're nowhere to be seen and you know no wonder that didn't work um you know, and I don't knock prayer and meditation. People should do it, if anything, just to learn how to do it, to get into the habit, to get into the mode. But the actual higher access to the higher power doesn't happen until step 11 when all the blockages have been removed and we keep them removed through the daily practice of, of step 10. Um, you know, once I caught on to that, you know, with the help of a, of a very knowledgeable sponsor, very steep in the 12 steps who recovered as a result of, 
uh, working the, tips, the, the 12 steps in order and in entire abstinence, then um, I got to that answer that I, that I so, so uh, desperately needed. And that's where I am today, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Uh, and Kelly S., and you'll be followed by Lynn S. Kelly? Morning, everybody. Uh, visionaries. Hey, Penny. Thank you for your service. It's Kelly S. Recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Glad to be on the line, and really grateful to be sharing on this. Um, never, ever, ever would have thought I could share on this paragraph, or actually even be able to be able to share recovery with you guys. And um, of course, can't say anything new, but I just wanted to say that, um, yeah, I just relate to so many of the shares and some powerful shares about, you know, this is a spiritual program of action. And, you know, in my three decades of unsuccessful abstinence and recovery in these rooms, you know, I, um, I didn't follow the instructions. And I kept waiting to feel God. You know, I wanted to feel God. And I kept, I kept listening to other people's, you know, ideas of what they did with their spirituality. And, you know, I'm just so grateful. As we talked about in the previous paragraph, we all find our own way. And I've been reading the stories in the big book. Um, and I've just been getting so many messages from there. And that we all find God in a different way. And how do I find God? What I did is I started working these steps because I, you know, as we know, there's no chapter into feeling, right? I wanted to feel that Zen state. Well, that still hasn't happened, but you know, I had to start getting, as we heard earlier, unblocked. I had to put the food down 100%, and I had to follow these instructions. I never understood that I had to work the steps. It's only in step 12 that we have that spiritual awakening, and you know, I just I was blocked by self, and I didn't understand any of that. So did I start doing this stuff, you know, after three decades because? Okay, I believe God's going to help me. No, absolutely not. I started listening to vision. I believe God was helping you guys, right? I read the stories. I believe God was helping these people. So I started taking action because I finally had a little teeny bit of hope. Maybe if I did what you guys were doing, just maybe I was out of ideas. I mean, I'd been around. I thought I had worked this program, right? So I started doing it because, you know, I, I didn't know what else to do. And I was desperate. I was in that place of desperation. So I started working the steps started doing what you guys told me to do, right, every single day, and as the miracles started to unfold, then I believed, and now it's like, you know, four and a half years, and I'm just like, as someone else shared earlier, I don't even know this person I am today, it freaks me out, I mean, I have neutrality with food, I am not driven to eat, that in itself is proof of a higher power, what else, you know, I'm getting unblocked, that's a daily process with me, you know, I'm working my steps, every single day I do this stuff, the fact that I do prayer and meditation every day, I'm like, oh, my God, who the heck is that person, right? I do a nightly review. I do 10 steps. I mean, all these things are miracles because I am not a structured, disciplined uh, person. Uh, this, this is, uh, well, you know what I really believe? I'm wrapping this up. This is my true self. I'm getting unblocked to my true self. And how am I doing that? By putting the food down, working the steps, connecting with my higher power. And this is how I know. The more I do this work, the more I believe. And I'm just so grateful today that I was willing. I had a little bit of hope that place of desperation, and I'm following the instructions with you guys. Glad to be here. That's how I passed. Thanks, Penny. Thanks, Lynn. Uh, excuse me, Kelly, yes. Lynn, yes, you're next, and then I, after Lynn, I'm going to call on Sima. Go ahead, Lynn S. Good morning. This is Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. I was... I just am amazed by God's power in my life. I was really sinking into a very dark spot yesterday, and it got worse as the night went along. 
And this morning I was talking to a sponsee before the meeting, and the power of God working in her life was amazing. And all of a sudden I got this huge reflection as I was reaching out to God because I was kind of not mad at God, but it wasn't that. But I thought, why are you taking this from me? I can't understand it. Like I, But reaching out to God anyway. And I got this huge, awe-inspiring moment. And I just thought, oh, the power of God in my life is so amazing. And the transformation that I saw in this one sponsee, and it made me reflect upon the transformation I had seen in another sponsee. And that caused me to again go to God myself, and I could see so clearly what was blocking me. It was astounding. And when I was in it, it seemed to be the only way my life could be, just like they say the alcoholic life was the only life. But to see this, to see how God was getting my attention, to see that God, that I have this access to a power greater than myself, even when I think it's it's the power that's blocking me, but to see this unfold, to see and recognize the accomplishment of the miraculous, the humanly impossible in these two people's lives and to know that I've experienced the same thing and to know that it's still there for me and to see through God's gift, through the power of God, the block in my life. It was just an amazing experience. And then, don't you know, here we are reading this particular paragraph. I am just so grateful to be able to access this power, to believe in this power, and to know so clearly that this power is God in my life. And that's only through the grace of the program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn S. And Sima M., it's your turn. Hi, Penny. Thank you. This is Sima M., Grateful Compulsive Overeater Living in Recovery from New Jersey. Um, I'm just <clears throat> ever grateful that I have a higher power, that um, that I get through each and every one of you, that I get through this book. It gets me through amazing things now. I just found out that my daughter, who was in AA, has two little girls that are nine years old. I just got back from Maine visiting them. She now decided after uh, five years, after seven years, that she's no longer an alcoholic and she can drink wine. And if I didn't have a higher power, I'd be shivering in my shoes for the future that my twin granddaughters have with the mother that's uh, in denial. But instead, I'm giving them to my higher power. I'm giving them to their higher power. I'm giving them to prayer. And I'm giving myself to uh, the program more more and more service. And I know, I know because it's worked for me, I know I have a higher power. And I know that um, whatever trials and tribulations are ahead for me or for the or for my granddaughters, that there's a higher power there, and I'm just going to stick where I know what to do, which is just pray. Pray for them, pray for a connection for higher power. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Sima M. And next, Leah M. Hi, Leah. Good morning. Thank you so much. Every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than themselves. This power has, in each case, accomplished the miraculous and the humanly impossible. I mean, I hope, you know, if you're a regular attendee of A Vision for You, uh, you know, which is simply a very healthy uh, OA meeting, um, that the voices that you hear that are recovered, um, you know, are living proof that this power has restored us to sanity. We are result-oriented. We don't discuss theory here. We simply say, Leah, your plan for living produced a wreck. <laughs> you know, I came in very broken, a broken shell of a human being. Um, you know, my sponsor uh, directed me to take a look around, you know, the young, the old, the black, the white, the male, the female, these were people in whom the problem had been solved. And I was standing in a locked facility with a wrist, uh, with a plastic band around my wrist. Um, you know, so the recovered voices are like pieces of a mosaic that when put together form a message of hope and possibility. First, you have to be crushed. I mean, I had to be crushed. That was for sure. But the truth was there was going to be a way to live without having to compulsively overeat and do so happily. And yes, it is possible to be relieved of the mental obsession for food and able to have such a dramatic change in personality, in character, and in values. And this is not a story of personal success. This is a story of God's grace. I mean, just for instance, this meeting in which we have members that represent 50 different countries around the globe. This is about raising the dead. How do you explain it? totally enslaved by compulsive overeating, that we are able to rise up out of a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It's not a common experience, but it's our common experience. You know, when I came here and I was crushed by this illness, someone took me by the hand, engaged me in this process, and having had a spiritual awakening and having been restored to sanity since January of 1987, soundness of mind, relieved of the obsession, freed from the beast, finally, after, you know, a couple of decades of mayhem, I walked this planet a free woman. And I am not special. I have no special credentials. I wasn't appointed by anybody. I just was dying from this illness and I threw my hands up and I said I'm done that's it I don't know who God is never had a relationship with him really was never formally introduced but I'm done I'm either going to slice my wrist until I bleed out or I'm throwing myself into this program <laughs> you know it's not by any not in any intellect it was pain 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 but pain and the application of these 12 steps led me to freedom and it can be true for you too and with that i pass thanks thanks leah m we have time for three more people to share who would like to take those spots linda d from connecticut okay linda d did i hear leah too okay i have linda d who else please Lena, I did hear a Leia. Leia, what's the initial of your last name? S. S, I thought so. So I have Leia, Linda, no. and I... Who else? Here, you, Al. And Do. 
Du L. Okay. Uh, Let's. I've got Leah, Linda, and Du. Let's start with Leah S. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for for this wonderful meeting. Good morning, Leah S. Recovered and from Brooklyn. Um, when I was told about a higher power, I, um, I I sincerely did not believe that, and um, there was no way that I could come to that conclusion. When I applied myself, when I finally understood that this disease is going to kill me anyway, and it, it is just no way out. And that step one became so bad that I, I had to have it in mind all the time to remind me anything, anything is better than just staying in that rut that I was in. And when I had that in mind, I went and started to believe and hope, hope and believe. And it did not happen, the entire belief, until I didn't see that really things started to change. And I realized that I was beginning to change. And there's one more thing. God doesn't really speak to you. You can't get instant answers. But what I have is hope. And what I have is these steps to guide me along. And then... I feel better, and with that, has been able to uh, to maintain my weight loss, and with that, I have been able to maintain my tranquility that I have within. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah S. Linda D., and then you'll be followed by Du. Hi, Linda. Can you hear me? I can, yes. Well, good morning, all of you beautiful people. I'm Linda D. from Connecticut, and holy mackerel, what a meeting. Um, I know about locked facilities and wristbands. That's where I started. And um, you can't leave. And the only thing that's different is everything. When I was little, very little, I had this hole inside and I didn't have words that I have now. I, I just wanted to be loved, to feel loved, and to be safe. And that was the motor. And it got me into this program. And it's miraculous because I was an atheist somewhere in there. You know, when you're 20 years old or so and you think, you know, shit, you don't. Because uh, you're in university or whatever. Um, you don't, or I didn't. And uh, I uh, somehow found the program. Well, now I know none of that was a coincidence. And I know I am loved. And I know I am safe. And it's from God. And I, I think I said, I've said it before anyway, I was an atheist. So this force had to show up. And those steps, the big book, and all of you, especially visions for you, vision for you, and the voices on vision for you, gave me the hope and a, another entry into recovery. And now I'm recovered five and a half years. I'm not hanging from a 
timber in my cellar, which is what I had planned, and, and I'm not joking about that. It's very ugly. And my life is beautiful, despite problems. And they're hairy. Some of these problems are really scary. This is not always a walk in the park. And I know you know that, right? But it is beautiful and brilliant and wonderful, and there's a lot of walk in the park to it. So I thank God, and I thank all of you, and I love you. Bye. Thank you, Linda D. And next, do L. Good morning. This is Stu Al, Recover Compulsive Overeater. Grateful to be here. Um, yes, uh, the, every one of them has gained access to and believes a power greater than himself. And that's the most important thing. One of the things when I came to this step, um, I was thinking, uh, well, religion will give me a concept of God that needs to be improved upon. But the 12 steps instead show me that I need to improve my contact with God, but it doesn't give me a concept of God. So how do I gain this access to this higher power and use that access? You know, um, I, I love what it says here in the paragraph. It says that Hundreds of people are able to say today that the consciousness of the presence of God today is the most important things in their lives. Now, I, I hear the very uh, opposite of that in program. I hear that abstinence is the most important thing in their lives. And it's saying here, no, no, we're going to change that and we're going to access this powerful uh, person uh, in our lives, you know, that causes us to express God through us. Um, that's what I, that's what's the most important thing in my life today. And it didn't take, the, and this is the miracle of it, it didn't take somebody from my religious or convic the convictions to bring me to this higher power. Because when I came here, I was so broken, I didn't know what my higher power was. Um, but I gained that access through someone that was totally from a totally different faith walk than I was. Um, today I have that sponsor, and that sponsor does not believe the way I do. But that sponsor brought me to a conscious contact with God. How could that be? How could that be? How, how could I be in a different faith walk than her and yet have this power? Because it's not about religion, it's about relationship. And that's what I learned that the 12 steps does, is that it brings you into a relationship with God, it takes you step by step, and it shows you how to put away the prejudice, the, the old ideas that are killing me in disease mode, and bring me to a freedom, a spirituality, and bring me to a spiritual experience that is called a God consciousness. And that's all I need in order to get this program. And I hope that uh, on, on your journey that you will find the same thing. And um, as Leah said, is pain is the greatest motivator to effectuate change. And um, if, if you're going through pain, it's a good thing. Um, just keep on trudging until you get it. And with that, I pass. Can you see star one to unmute?
Thank you. Here I am, Leah. Um, thank you, everyone who shared, everyone who helped with the reading. Um, uh, just this has been um, a real pleasure the last two months for all of us to bring this meeting, help help bring this meeting to you. Um, so um, please join us after um, this meeting for a second unrecorded hour of study following the closing. And the share ID for today is 13,323, 13323 three for this 7 o'clock meeting. We will now close by reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. So we'll, let's see. Um, oh, gosh. Sorry, Jay. Yes, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Marie J, go ahead. Thanks for the help. <laughs> Thanks. This is Marie J. I'm recovered in Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass to, for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your feathers, fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.